Welcome to Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, break down the process, and meet others who've done it so you can leap into your own story. We interview amazing guests who provide powerful insights that inspire you to get your story told. Be sure to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com, and while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media network. Now sit back. Get ready to take some notes, and let's get started. This episode of Leap Into Your Story podcast is brought to you by Leap Into Your Story course. Visit leapintoyourstory.com where you have a guide to get your story told. I'm Victoria Anderson. Welcome to Leap Into Your Story podcast where you discover your inner story work through the process, and meet others who've done it. We interview amazing guests who provide powerful insights that will inspire you to leap into your own story. So be sure to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com. And while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media network. In this episode, we're going to learn about what is our purpose in life and how to write about it. So my guest today is Daniel Jackson, spirit medium, blogger, podcaster, and soon-to-be author. So thank you for joining us today, Daniel. Thank you for having me, Victoria. Yeah, my pleasure. Now, our interview today is going to be a little different than normal since you don't have a book out yet, but Mm -hmm. we're going to go over some questions for new authors and their struggles writing a first book, especially about paranormal items. The struggle is everything. (laughs) Yes. But first, tell us a little bit about your uh, life uh, journey as a medium. Well, the the way that begins is uh, I was, uh, I've seen spirit my entire life ever since I was about three or four years old. Grew up in a town in New Jersey, uh, right next to the Delaware River. And it had a, a, a battlefield in it uh, where the Hessians fought. And there was, a, there was a little hospital there. But everybody in the area was, having, was seeing things in their homes, as we were. We were seeing so many things uh, to the point like back in the 70s when you had a record player, you had a record, would, you'd put it up and they'd hit the switch and drop that record. So my brothers and I would be downstairs watching TV and my sister's record player would turn on. But the kicker part was, it would switch records. So, <laughs> wow. so yeah, it was, it was doing crazy stuff like that. Um, and all, you know, the glasses moving around and books moving around, all that crazy stuff, shadows on the wall, everything. My sister and my mom were getting ready for school. My, she was helping my sister get ready for school, looking in this full-length mirror in the bathroom. And when they stood in front of it, there was another woman standing in it with a colonial outfit on. So they, uh, we experienced a lot of stuff at that house. But then my mom and dad and I uh, moved down to Delaware, where I'm at now. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, I started seeing more things. I was seeing it more often to the point where when I was playing in a rock band, I came home, I laid down in bed. And when I did, something laid down next to me three, four times. I feel, felt it laid down. The pillow would lay, would depress. And then that fifth time, I finally went to turn over to take a look what it was. When I did, whatever that was there in the room with me, picked the blanket up off the top of me and brought it up to the ceiling and shook it above me. And then it dropped it on top of me. Wow. For two years after that, I slept on the couch. <laughs> I don't blame you. But uh, I, I kept seeing things at that house i was sitting with my one girlfriend we were watching tv she was at the foot of the bed i was at the head of the bed and then something about three feet thick and about four to five feet long snaked its way out of our my closet and floating across the room in front of the tv halfway across the room and then it just disappeared and she turned around to me and said did you see that i said yeah let's get the heck out of here so (laughs) This kind of thing happened to me all the time, but because I was so used to seeing spirit, I just thought that's all it was. I mean, I would I would drive down the street in my car and get a really bad chill up my spine, and then I would start looking around, and as soon as I looked to one way, I, nothing, I looked to my other way, and there's a graveyard right next to me as I'm passing by. So <clears throat> these things occurred all the time, all the way up until right when I was 
about to turn 50 years old and my wife went away. We were living here and she went on vacation to California. And then I saw everything for two weeks that you could imagine that is scary. Um, like green and red mist pouring out of the walls, skulls tumbling out of the walls and the skulls had red eyes and, and fangs. Uh, seven foot skeletons walking around the house. I saw in this basement, I saw a, I was down here getting my cat and he looked at me and I, he looked over to his right, I looked to my left, a wall of blackness appeared in the middle of the floor and then a man stepped out of it and he walked across the room. He had this big wide hand on black, he was solid black, but when he was walking across the floor, perfect stride, no feet. And I was like, but when I was doing it, I was just like, just watching it go past me. And I never really said anything. <clears throat> it didn't really bother me. It just, I was just watching like, what is going on here? So it went away. He left right through the wall. The wall of blackness closed up. My cat just turned around and looked at me and I was like, come on, buddy, let's go. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I was seeing all kinds of crazy stuff. My wife came home from vacation. She, she told me about her adventures and then I told her about mine. And um, I'm diabetic, so she, she being a nurse figured there was something wrong with my medication until about three days later after her being home that she started seeing some of the same things as well. So we, uh, we sought out uh, um, anything that we could find to help us. Uh, we, were, we were doing everything that you would think to do. You look on the internet or watch TV or something. And a lot of that stuff is just not the correct thing to do. But we were trying to follow what we could do to uh, figure this out. I was even thinking of having a priest come here to do an exorcism, but they don't want to come here because they don't do that stuff anymore. <laughs> I had a, a paranormal group come to the house. Um, they got so much information from my house. So many crazy things happened uh, like this. They used this mechanism called an ovulus and when it, uh, it would spit out words. So I pretended I was in the um, in the bedroom sleeping so they could do this. It was at nighttime. They come in, they sit it down, they start asking questions. But before they did that, they, when they turned it on, it started spitting out words. Energy goes in and it was spitting out words like unique, special, light, uh, energy. It said Helen, Michael, Paul, Wendy. And then one time it said the word road, like a street, it said in that computer voice, it said road. And when it did that, a car went boom, right past my house. And I was like, I'm sitting in bed going, that was crazy. And uh, then they started asking the questions and it went on for 10 minutes. And it was an intelligent conversation. They asked it one really crazy question. They said, not crazy, but yeah. They said, are you here to harm Daniel? And then the voice came out like this and said, no, we are not here to harm Daniel. We love Daniel. We love his energy. And it said this, Daniel is the light. And I was like, what the heck does that mean? But this went on for 10 minutes. And then they, they got done. They walked out of the room. I went out, saw my wife, saw them. They're in the huddle. I said, what's going on? She says, I don't know. They turned around and said, well, Mr. Jackson, I said, yeah, that was kind of cool. Because I'm thinking they're the professionals. They're going to give me answers. And uh, I, said, I said, that was really neat. To, we heard all that stuff. He's like, yeah, but there's an issue there. And I said, what's the issue? He said, well, we get that thing to spit out uh, words once in a while. I said, oh, that, yeah. I said, but they said, it never says sentences. Wow. I was like, okay. And I said, well. We'll come back in a couple of weeks. We'll do a big reveal. I mean, they took pictures of me walking around the house, but each member of the team, each time they took a picture, it was just the member of the team. When I was standing next to them, there's 15 and 20 light orbs completely surrounding me. And they, they're they like, and I was like, what's up with that? And they're like, we don't know. <laughs> so they leave. They said they'll be back in two weeks, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks goes by, nothing. I get a hold of them finally. I said, when are you coming back for the big reveal? And he said, we're not. And I said, what do you mean? He said, everybody from the team quit and no one wants to come back to your house. They're too scared to come in. And I said, well, can you come back to the house? He said, no, I don't feel comfortable coming in your house, Mr. Jackson. He said, the kind of information we got from your house, we usually take 10 to 15 houses to get that type of information, not just one. 
And I was like, well, so you're not going to come back and help me? So that I just, we don't feel comfortable. No one will speak to me. They, they've all quit the team. None of it. I said, you know, that doesn't help me. I mean, you're the professionals. I said, maybe you ought to get into another business. He said, he said, yeah, we're all, we're done doing this. This was just too much. And I said, well, how long have you been in the business? He said, oh, we've been doing this for like five years. I said, yeah, okay, great. So what I did at that point was I, I reached out to five different mediums. None of them knew each other. Every one of them told me the same story about me. And they all said what it came down to was one woman told me that uh, I have an ability to see spirit. And I said, yeah, I get that. She said, but spirit's coming to you. That's why you see so many. Because I see for me or just a regular day, any day of my life, it's been this way for five years. I see like at least a thousand spirit every day. And they just, they don't go away. And it's like being in a room with a thousand people, except no one leaves and more keep coming in. And she said, they're coming to you because they believe you're the light into heaven. She said, when you walked in the room, not knowing who you are, she said, I had to close my eyes because I couldn't look at you. And I was like, what do you mean by that? She said, your, your energy is so bright. I've never seen anything like that before. And I said, okay, so, <clears throat> so why am I, you know, why are they coming to me again? She said, because to you, you, to them, you look like a beacon of light. They can't see you. I said, what do they see? She said, when they look at me, they see me, my frame, my body, but they see my light within me. When they look at you, you look like the sun. And I was like, okay. So what do I do with that? She said, well, your choice. You know, you can either push this away or do something with it. But she said, you need to have a talk. You need to have a sit down with the higher power, God, which, whichever one you want to talk to. And I said, okay. And she said, then just figure out what you want to do. You want to move forward or not? You're taking that blue pill, red pill type thing. And I was like, okay. So I went home with, with my wife and, uh, and uh, we talked about it. And I decided to go in the bedroom and have that talk. And the next day, everything changed. Within a, like a few weeks, a few months, those, those crazy, scary things went away. And then everything else, now I see people. I see people, dogs, cats, horses, cows, fish, you name it. I see other beings from other places because we're not the only ones. Uh, they, they look like monsters, but they're not monsters. It's just what they look like from where they come from. That's all. Uh, but uh, I see everything. They they touch me. and Because I was always feeling that when I was a kid. I was like, man, why am I so itchy? It's because they, again, they see the light. They don't know what I am. So they walk up and start poking me and pinching me. And they do it all over my entire body. And I could never figure out why. Because I, since I didn't know what was really going on, I just wasn't putting two and two together. So uh, so now I've found out how to communicate. Uh, they, they talk to me all the time. They say crazy things. And I'm also able to communicate with my spirit guides and of which... Uh, I'm doing a particular service that they want me to do. Being this light, the spirit actually had it right. So the light that shines to show spirit how to go into heaven has to be in a physical body. It's in me this time. And I found out through talking to my guides, it was actually in my grandfather before it was in me. He wanted to know when I was going to be born because he knew because he had the ability as well, because it just, it's coming through with the soul and it just comes into each body. And, then, and so he, because I have two brothers and a sister and he was bugging my mom and dad to want to know when I was going to be born. And when, so my dad called him up and said, Hey, you got to come to the hospital. He's being born. And he got ready to get in his car and go. And he had a heart attack and died. And when he died, his soul left his body and came into mine and I was born. Wow. Minutes. So, <laughs> yeah, and to be this. So the light has to be in a physical body you know, for two things. For one, to be in a physical body, to shine, to show uh, spirit where to cross over, and two, in order to cross them over physically. And that's my main gift. I see spirit. I'm able to go into the earthbound realm, and I see them. Even just last night, I was getting ready for bed, and I just saw this line of people. They're all standing in line doing one of those things where they're peeking out from the line, looking, seeing what I'm doing, and they just, and then all of a sudden, they just start coming. But when it's for me, it, uh, I see it physically and as, as well as other people do. I just did my uh, another podcast the other night with my buddy, and he saw, he witnessed somebody on camera 
crossing over and uh, right through my head. <laughs> it just something came around, flew around and went right into my head and then it was gone. But I was with my sister one time talking about this stuff and we were sitting in a low lit room and all of a sudden a big giant flash went off inside the room and she was like, I saw that, what was that? I said, oh, that's just somebody jumping in. She said, jumping in, oh, you mean crossing over? I said, yeah. She said, how often does that happen? I said, every moment of the day. What do you mean, how often does that happen? 130,000 people die every day, so it's happening all the time. And she said, I, I, I saw that. She went on for 20 minutes. I saw that. I saw that. I said, yeah, I know you saw it. She said, why doesn't that bother you? I said, you know, when we were kids, when mom and dad would put green beans in front of our face, and now 30 years later, we're eating green beans, you get used to it. <laughs> she couldn't understand that part. But uh, but yeah, you just get used to it. So, And it was hard in the very beginning, my first year, accepting this, um, meeting with some other people. I met with this group of mediums, and they all told me the same thing. And then I, I was, I could find out, I found out through that group, I was able to do all kinds of things and beyond talking to my uh, spirit guides and they talked to me and they touched me for answers. And I know all of their names and who was doing it and where, who was touching where. And <clears throat> I know lots of stuff, but uh, yeah, life, I don't get much sleep. I have to take a lot of medicine in order to sleep because if I don't, spirit wakes me up in the middle of the night. It's uh, not easy being me, but but the one thing about being me is uh, every time I come across people, everybody wants, they all say, I want your gift. No, you don't. You want the cool part of my gift. You don't want all the other stuff. You, they, they, just, they just don't realize it, that's all. But once I explain it to them, then they go, yeah, you're right. I don't want that. <laughs> yeah, it is a, a rough, it's a rough life. Yeah. Um, you know, in my first book with Touched, uh, I, I talk about where my flip, my switch flipped. And right. it, it was nonstop. Right. Nonstop, no sleep. You can't go to the grocery store without mm. seeing people's Something. issues. Yes. You know, the sadness they carry, the shame yes. they carry. It was just too much. And I end up reaching out to um, one of my old high school <clears throat> teachers who was very big into the paranormal. And he's like, well, can you just tell it to stop? I says, I don't know. And I did. But then being the, the extreme of that, where you get so used to yes. it being on all the time, yep. and then you, you flip the switch off. And now you're like, holy cow, I cannot function with just my normal sensory. Yes. Absolutely. So that's where, and then I spent, and then most of my three books is talking about me trying to get my switch back on, but it does kind of recharge <laughs> up. And, but yeah, I, I totally feel you. <laughs> I, I have no switch. They don't want yes. me to turn it off. I'm, yeah. I'm you, it's time. full throttle. Yeah. Um, like it's like Niagara Falls. Yes. And you know, you cannot Fair just sit crazy. on one side of the fall. It's just all at you all the time. Yes. Yeah. They don't want me to turn it off because no. they said uh being this light, I have to be available all the time. So spirit comes any spirit that goes home to heaven is going through me. Anyone that comes back to visit is going through me. Anyone who comes yeah. through and is being put into a body is also going through me. They say I'm a portal for all spirit, yeah. all spirit, every spirit. But it's it's not me, Daniel. This the body. It's it's the soul that is within me. That's and the, but it has to be in the body physically to do all of this. Yeah, because yeah. when I and, do readings for people, they yeah. always want to know how many times they've been here. And, I was doing them yesterday. I was like, the average is like, they've been here 26, 27 times. I had one girl that came through who was here like uh, 23 times. My soul has been here over 23,000 times. It never goes <laughs> home. It doesn't go back. I, I think I'm one of those people too. <laughs> yeah, you've been here a while. I could tell. <laughs> you know, the longer you've been here, the less BS you want to put up with. I think yeah, that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. I, I kind of feel I, I've been told that I've been an old soul, but also 
I think I've just done my my uh, multiple turns. <laughs> yes. Well, a lot of times the, the the reasons we come back is because we are here to learn lessons, but we're also here to fulfill a purpose. But sometimes in our lives, life gets in the way of. Yes. of us doing that so you just have to keep coming it's not punishment we're just coming back over and over and over again right yeah right i i i know there's yeah there's ideology that says oh you messed up i don't feel like i always feel like it wasn't done and each time i come back yeah more gets done yes yes you're, more gets what you're done. doing is what i call it is you're punching your dance card yes you have to get it punched enough times to where when that final time you you get to go back when you pass away, they'll tell you, hey, you filled it up. Now you don't have to go back anymore. But yes. I, I talked to two people who I wanted one this guy I do a radio show or a podcast with, and he's been here 33 times. His wife has been here 36 times. Wow. They, they, are, they are messing it up. So <laughs> not, <laughs> I think some people need, need a, probably to, a chance to get it right. I feel like I'm here to just continuously getting more right done. Yes. That's kind of what I feel like. It's Don't kind of like this this is your last time. Mm. Yeah, I, I think like, yeah, I think this is I think I'm feeling that too. Yep. That uh there's I I think I probably this has been my more ambitious lifetime. We are in a a world now where that is more easily done now because we have so many amenities here yes in previous lives yes i i feel a lot of lives didn't have indoor plumbing <laughs> no which makes everything wonderful you know because you're not freezing your so, butt yes to to car refrigeration yeah. um you know you don't have Air to hunt for your food you could get it at nice can you know you go pull up to a store and they you put it in your basket <laughs> eating yeah yeah that's yeah. great stuff go right? to a restaurant it's served you don't even have to go touch it it's served to you on a platter <laughs> yeah i would like to drink a glass of cold milk not milk straight from the tap you know so yes yes <laughs> yes i i i can feel that that because of the timeline that i've come into it has provided a, definitely a a um, paved road yeah. versus yeah. not you know, that the lessons were any less uh, to correct. learn, but, but yeah, you, you came into a great time. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. I can, I can definitely feel that. Um, yeah, I would like everybody that is hearing me or seeing me to do their best to fulfill their purpose this time around, because the next time that they would have to come back, this is not going to be a nice place. Yes. Yeah. I unfortunately I I do feel that too. Yeah. Um and also you know new technology is wonderful but you still have to know the old traditions. Yes. Of especially in survival means. Yes, because so, even though telephones that we have these days are nice but the <clears throat> they make everything more sociable, more more availability but when you see 10 or 15 kids sitting next to each other, they're all staring at their telephones. And yeah. Talking, that's the problem. Yeah. Well, there's, it's, I, there's always a, it's a disconnect. Yes. It's a disconnect. So yeah, social media and, has made disconnect, not social. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and that's where the old ways of storytelling, connecting, yes. um, you know, try telepathic communication. Oh, absolutely. People instead of electronic um, yeah with, with all these amenities uh unfortunately the, the even though people want them faster as fast as they can can but the the biggest issue that it has, has it has caused is we have lost the true value in this world which is us yes we, we place it on things right and when right. you leave here and go back home you don't take any of those things here with you so why bother with them here that's right yeah, yeah. you just blend into the um the uh, uh what do you call it the all-knowing all uh being energy yes. and you just and a lot of that whether it's you know god or consciousness it's your memories connected to feelings all get recorded yes um sitting at a blank screen looking at silly videos for mm. hours at a time i mean that's fun but it really doesn't do a whole it lot. It doesn't do much for you. No. Yes. Yes. 
So time to, as my, as my dad would always say, get back to nature too. Yeah. Get back to nature. Have a respect and understanding for nature. Yeah. People don't realize when they do that, how much energy that actually helps them with, you know, you, yes. you see all these kids nowadays are running around, you know, they have to have 10 power drinks, you know, just to get them going. Yes. If they would get back to nature, they wouldn't have to do that stuff. Right. Right. <clears throat> and it just, there's something about nature that programs the mind differently. Yeah. Too. And yeah. There, there's studies on that. Um, how our, our brain interacts with trees versus you know concrete buildings yeah yeah well it's all energy so we are yes we are, we are connected to it we just don't realize how connected we are to it yes or how how much we're connected to each other as well that's true that's true very very true so uh let's go ahead and and dive in i know we talked about your life journey but uh, let's talk about some of your unique features that make you different from <clears throat> other mediums. Sure. What do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> Is there, well, we, you talked about um, the flashes of light. Um, now, is that something that all mediums can see or no, do they have um, different versions i know with my mom i didn't have a flash of light when she died but everything went into slow motion it started to go into slow motion and then yeah at the end and it was weird because at, at i was in not necessarily a tunnel and i don't know if i was in the tunnel with her when she was going but the at the it was like a corridor and so everything's in slow motion i was trying to get to the no. end where i could see the light no yeah no you could actually see it you were they're telling me you were yes and then everything went back into regular motion yeah. so i didn't see any flashes of light so yeah, no. you know i mean everything went to slow motion while she was on her way out and then i got a phone call very shortly after that that she had passed so is, is there any, I guess I'd say, is there any consistency in mediumships and what do you differ? So do um, mediums, is flash of light something normal no, or is that something just, that might be unique? That's to unique me? to me being, okay. the, being the light is because I am the light that shines that goes into heaven. So they are crossing over through me and that's why I am seeing the light because when they are, what's flat when, when they're doing that, at that point, when they are crossing over, they are leaving behind all of their pain, anger, sorrow, grief, and guilt. <clears throat> they are going through as a pure energy point. And when they do that, that's why I'm seeing the flash of light. Like, and it goes off like a camera flash in, next to me. So that, I mean, you may, if you are crossing spirit over, because people can do that, they may also witness that flash of light too. What they don't realize is when they're crossing them over through that light, that's actually going through me as well. So they're seeing a flash of light wherever they are, and I'm seeing it too. Uh, wow. So yeah. So and that just goes. It happens every day. Again, you just you get you just get used to it. Sometimes when I'm driving in my car at nighttime, you ever leave the light on above you in your in your car? Yes. Well, I, I see it all the time, but there's no light turned on in my car. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> But I also see that when I go to sleep at night, too. As soon as it's in the dark, I'm in dark. I just see that. And I just see people walking around. Um, there, I don't, So I don't know if anyone else experiences this, but this is what I've been experiencing for the past three years. Um, with this ability, my abilities are constantly changing. So when I go outside at nighttime, uh, I don't see the stars anymore. They're gone. I see the moon. And I see a blue black sky, and then all I see is just people in that blue black sky, and then just walking around everywhere. I haven't seen the stars in three years; they're just gone. I wow. can see it if I watch it on TV, but I can't see them outside; they're just gone. When so, uh, when I'm here, like if I'm looking at your wall behind you, I see what what color is your wall behind you? What color is it for you? Because it's, uh, it's yeah, it's a it's a lavender. Yeah, for me it's lavender and blue because oh, wow. everything in my regular vision has blue in it, and what That's I'm seeing is I see energy 
all the time. So like if I even stare at, well, yeah, I don't even want to do it now because I'm already seeing. So if I stare at your wall over by your bookcase, I'm already seeing someone standing in your wall. Wow. So yeah, that just never goes away for me as well. Um, but I'm also able to do, I do channeling. Um, I'm also able to do what they call remote viewing. Uh, I, when I meditate, I get messages. Sometimes they come in as videos. Sometimes they come in as cartoons. Um, I'm able to talk to my spirit guides. Uh, and then now it's gotten to the point where uh, my thoughts are no longer mine anymore. My thoughts are only 25% me and the other 75% is them. They just come in and I know when these things come in, you just know your head voice and I know it's not me because I hear them talking to me. Um, so, and then they, they, I also get touched on my face for, for different angels who are touching me uh, and I know all their names. So I'll point to their names wow. so I'll do it real quick. It's, uh, I think it's up, I'm up to 15 now. When it first started, it was, it was two. Uh, I got a Helen and a Manos, but Helen had to leave for a little while and another one came in. So I got touched here. So I did a Raphael who touches me right here. It feels like not a finger, but it feels like blood is dripping across my face. And, that's wow. and so I have a uh, Raphael that touches me here. I have one named Manos who touches me on my left, uh, above my left eyebrow. Manos in Greek means God is with us. I have another one that touches me down the side, the inside of my ear. And that is another Raphael. I have another one that touches me on my left temple. His name is Gabriel. You've you've heard these names. You'll know some of the other ones. You're gonna, but I'll give you a little insight to them. I have another one that touches me on top of my head. It goes across like a letter L. It buzzes there, and that's uh, his name's Michael, Archangel Michael. I have another one that touches me on top of my head. Feels like I'm, my head is being rubbed. I literally feel my hair follicles move, and my my scalp move. Her name is Helen. <clears throat> another one in front of her his name is Paul just directly in front of that I have another one that goes uh, around the crown of my hair I feel that and that is Ezekiel I have another one that touches me straight down the middle of my forehead I call him Big J his name is Jesus I have another one that touches me over here on this side of my head on my right side of my head goes straight across angel with a bad rap his name is Lucifer not the devil I have another one that touches me on my, my right temple. His name is Nicholas or Nikolai, that's his real name. I have another one that touches me uh, on my eyelid here on my right eyelid. His name is John, John the Baptist. I have another one that touches me across my eyebrow and to the bridge of my nose and his name is Jacob. I have another one that touches me here on this eyebrow and pinches my eyebrow and uh, his name is Daniel. I have another one that touches me on my, my left eyelid. He just came in like three nights ago. His name is Richard. And then I have one more that touches me on my, on my eyelashes right there. I've only gotten those touched. That touched five times in the five years I've been doing it. And uh, that's the big G-O-D right there. <clears throat> I only, that's all yes answers. But no matter who is answering me yes, the answer is still just yes. And it's coming from the source because I'm getting it from archangels. I have them because I cross spirit. They have to be able to protect me from all negative energy. So I can, my myself, I don't have to ground myself or anything. I can walk in any extremely haunted house and nothing can touch me because I'm protected all the time. They can't even get near me. They don't, they hate me. They're, they are the cover red. They're just, it's just horrible. But I see them all the time. They, they put these scary faces on all the time. And I just look at them and go, yeah, whatever. Because yeah, they don't bother me because I know what they are. So yeah, I get all this, but I get one touch that goes down the, my left eye, right down the corner of my left eye, and that's for no. So whenever I get that, it's just no, that's it. So, but yeah, I know exactly who's touching me at that time, but no matter who's touching me, it's always just the same yes. And it just happens, it happens all day long. I'm driving in my car, I get a thought in my head, and then next thing you know, they go, yes. <laughs> and I'm going, and when I first when I first figured that out, I, was, I mean, I figured that the touch is out. But when I was like, I was just having a conversation with myself, and I said, <laughs> no. And I was like, so I'm never alone. No, wow. you're always here. Everything that goes through my head. That's why I'm feeling that. 
Yes. Yes. They answer everything. So I've, I use that now within my life. If I'm driving down the road, like I'm on my motorcycle, I, I see my spirit guides day and night. During a day, if you've ever seen anyone smoking a cigarette, and when the smoke billows up off the cigarette, it looks like little petals. That's what I see around me on my left side and right side all day long. It's, I see it right now as I'm talking to you. It never goes away. But at nighttime, I see these glowing, like, or these big, tall, like, statuesque, glowing figures around me. I, I used to have just two. Now I'm just completely surrounded. Uh, but, yeah, I so when I'm driving down the road on my bike, I'll go, should I take this right up here and go through town that way? No. <laughs> so should I go straight and then make the next right? Yes. Okay. And that's what I do. And I follow that with my whole life now. I always ask for everything, everything that I'm going to do. People ask, how can you do that? Because I have to trust them with my life. When I'm giving a reading, you're trusting the information, correct? Yeah, well, I have to trust that information too. So I do. And then I tell them, you could do the same if you listened and you followed through. And they go, oh, okay. But yeah, that's how I work it. And there was one day I wanted to go for a ride on my motorcycle. And I said, can I go for a ride on my bike today? No. It's gorgeous day out. No. Can I go later this afternoon? No. How about tonight? No. You don't want me to go at all? No. For me, it was hard to do because I love to ride my bike, but I have to trust what they are telling me. The answer for it, I don't know what was going to happen, but I have to trust the fact that if they said, don't go, don't go. So I didn't. And that's the way I, I run my life. And they've also told me, because I do that, I will never, ever get into another car accident ever again. So... That's the part of that message. If you listen and follow through, they will help you. But you have to listen. Stop talking yourself out of dumb stuff because they're trying to help you. And you talk yourself into doing something dumb and then boom, you get into a car accident. How do you know that? Because you always talk to these people in the hospital. And this is how you will know, anyone will know how spirit is talking to you. They say three words. They say, you know, I saw that car in front of me, but then, you know, I just knew it. That's it. And they said, I just knew it. That means spirit was telling them not to do that. They talked themselves out of it and then boom, car accident. That's how you know people aren't paying attention. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No doubt about that. No doubt, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a... There's a I'm sure there's plenty can testify to the I should have known um, yeah. <laughs> answer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I or just, I had a feeling. I had a feeling. My feeling, my gut told me, but yeah. 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 When you're driving in your car and you see a car in front of you and you say, I want to pass that car, but you get that feeling that says, don't pass the car. Yep. Don't pass the freaking car. Yep. Just they don't do that. it. And yep. you'll be okay. But people. Yeah. They can't get that, but I hope they do soon. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah. Let's hope so. He's well, in your now, Yes. <laughs> well, now that we've got a little bit about you and your journey as the medium, let's start talking about maybe your first book. Boom. So let's dive into some book talk. Uh, let's... Let's start out with what are some of your struggles um, of getting started? Well, I have regular daily uh, struggles of just being in this body that I'm in. I'm diabetic. Uh, and because I'm diabetic, uh, I have these, these problems with my eyes where the capillaries in the back of my eyes, I get, even though I get treatments for it, I have these little capillaries that keep growing. So when they do, sometimes right. they'll pop. And I, then I get a little, uh, what we would call a floater in your eye. You can't see it in front of my eye, but it's coming through from the back because it's floating around inside my eye. Some of the, some days that I, I do want to write, I can't because I can't see enough because the, when the blood separates 
it pops and separates in your eye, it will turn my vision yellow, which will make oh, it wow. cloudy, which is, makes it difficult for me to, to actually read what I'm actually typing or typing at all. So that's, that's a struggle. Okay. Um, but because I'm so new to writing, that's my, my biggest struggle because I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm doing, I'm following the advice uh, that one person told me. Uh, and that person who told me, uh, her name is Victoria Anderson. She said, just write. <laughs> I was like, well, that's a little too simple, but okay. But, so that's what I did because I was struggling with it. People, I, they brought me a message three years ago to write. I saw a cartoon coming from my face and looked like an old man, looked like because I'm an old man scribbling on these scrolls and then I was like is he writing something and they said yeah and then they showed me a picture of a piece of paper with my handwriting on it I said you want me to write a book they said yeah but that was three years ago but I just I wasn't ready so when I was I felt I was getting ready I said you know what I'm just going to start talking to other people I talked to one other person who was an author and I talked to you and but you were the one who said just write and the very next day, I did. I'm trying to tell my story in chronological order, but I'm just a guy who doesn't know how to write. So I write paragraph after paragraph after paragraph. But I know when I read those paragraphs, I can read it, but I know regular people can't read that because I got these big giant, you know, hundred word paragraphs that are just crazy. And so I know at some point, when I, I get an editor to do this, I mean, I feel sorry for that person because they are just going to go through a living hell at that point, which is going to be doing that. But uh, yeah, I don't, um, I don't know any other, I'm, I'll, I'll tell them, well, they're going to say, well, this is a mess. I'm going to say, yeah, you know someone named Victoria Anderson because you need to blame her because she didn't do this right. So that's what I'm going to, so that's what I just did. But and it, it is taking a long time. I mean, right now, I'm probably about three quarters done. I have about maybe almost uh, 32 to 34 pages of just solid, all these. So I know by the time I get done, I have probably at least, if it's a small book, maybe like 100 pages already. Now, and I don't want it to be more than that because I do want to tell the story about me, but there's an also big message that's going to be at the end of this book. But yeah, that, that's my struggles. And then uh, motivation, no problem. But, but again, as I said before, you know, here's another struggle. When I said I'm only, I'm only 25% of my thoughts now and 75% is coming in, when that's all coming in, it's hard for me to, to get everything that was in my memory down on paper because I'm always getting constant other thoughts going through my head at the same time. So it's, it's, it's kind of a struggle to do that. And then because I am as old as dirt, um, trying to remember everything in the order that it was in is not always easy. So I am really struggling, but I'm, I'm pushing. I was hoping to get the book written within a two month period, but I'm always, I'm always right in the middle of a of my third month, but uh, I'm going to get it done. I'm just going to push through and <laughs> it's not always easy. It's well, easy. I am so impressed, Daniel, because <laughs> I think the You're last time I, when I had that conversation, that had to be a good couple of months ago. Yeah, like, well, I don't know where to start. I'm like, just write. Yeah. <laughs> So yay! <laughs> yay! Yeah, yeah. I li well, obviously, spirit wanted me to hear that, so yes. I, I asked you, and you told me. So that's I listened it. and I followed through. That's it. That's all. That's all it takes. Um, and just to let you know, my first book, which is touched here in the front, was uh, about five hundred pages. Good. Good. So. Good. <laughs> uh, when I did get it sub, uh, submitted to and, and uh, selected by a publisher, they were like, yeah, no way. Yeah. You need to cut this down. So my Get editor and I <laughs> cut it down, I think, 100 pages. And then their editor cut it down oh. um, another 100 pages. And wow. then they went belly up before it went to print. So I ended wow. up doing my own. So. 
that's perfectly fine. Uh, I think more is better when you're first starting out because the crafting of your book, I mean, your editor is going to be there, but really, I think it's important that at some point, and you'll get there, where you kind of start chiseling away. Sure, at it. cutting over the fat, um, right? <laughs> yes, cutting away the fat. I mean, the yeah. editor, there's proofreaders, there's developmental editors to make sure they your voice is real strong, the story, what are your, whatever you're writing is going to be uh, coherent and easy to comprehend to readers. And That's going to be interesting. They're going to say, man, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they won't. Well, let's oh, hope anybody you hire won't, because that would be the I'm, wrong person. When I'm writing, every time I write, I get through, and then I go back and look at the paragraphs. There's all, you know, I'm doing it in Word, so it's putting in these little blue lines or red lines there, and I got to go click on it and then it's instead of saying the word can't it says cannot now now i'm finding myself going cannot you know uh, <laughs> I didn't that's okay that that will all come so yeah. what you're experiencing is called the brain dump which is good absolutely because you can edit when there's stuff there but you can't really edit when there isn't so right so you can, it's better to have too much and then whittle it through, figure out where it belongs, flows right better, um, which, which I was going to bring, which is bringing me to my next question to you is, you know, what are some of the stories? Um, you know, what's your theme? What's your message? And then maybe what you can do and are there going to be more books? Uh, so pick hmm. out. You know, what are your, what's your, what is your message that you want to tell people? What are the stories <clears throat> that you've uh, encountered or situations that are going to stay with that theme and maybe carry through more books? And then you can have the other supplemental ones that are supporting. Sure. So what are some, so give us a little sneak peek of what's going in there, Daniel. What, what are we expecting in this first book? Um, the book primarily is showing people what I went through and that's going to be more of a, a help, uh, like a help to other people who are also going through the same things and don't know where to look, don't know where to, to, to understand that they are not the only ones who are going through these things. So when they see someone else who is doing this, then they'll go, I, I resonate with that. This that that's happened to me. I'm glad I'm reading this now because now I can, you know, maybe I can I I can start reaching out because that's what I want people to do. I want them to once they understand that they have these abilities as well to not just sit there and try to figure it out on your own. Reach out and find other people and to let them know that there are other people out there who are experiencing these same these same things. But then that and that's going to be about you know, three quarters of the book. After that, it's going to bring them uh, a little bit of what I'm actually, it's, this has been a, a, so far, a five-year journey for me. So this last year is more of, uh, there's going to be a section of what I'm going through now, since I have progressed from that, and all the trials and tribulations I've gone through being a medium and, and letting them know what it's actually like to be one now. You're out and about, you're working, you're doing these things, you're bringing messages to people. And as we said before, people will come to me and they say, I, I wish I had your gift. But when they find out all the real things that actually go on with that, that is, those abilities, they don't want that. They just want the cool part of it and they want it to come fast. And this book is going to show people that it doesn't come fast. You, you get out of it what you put into it. And if you don't put anything into it, you know, because spirit wants to be able to trust you in order to have these abilities. They don't want to just give it to you so you can tell a bunch of stories to somebody or go out and charge four or $500 an hour because you're doing it for your ego. So it's going to show them all of that. And then at the end of the book, it's actually going to have a, a, a big message in there. But, uh, but in the middle, I am putting some of what I would call my favorite readings because I've had a, a bunch of them 
uh, like I was doing a festival yesterday, did 21 readings uh, or yeah, 21 readings in a day. And some of them were more memorable. So through my career doing this in the past five years, I've had some really memorable ones. And so I'm going to include that as well. So again, they can they can look at that and go, okay, I'm listening to what he's saying and the way he's doing it. Maybe that's how I can delegate for myself how to do that as well. And and I'm I'm going to take a leap of faith with this uh, at the very end of the book, and I'm actually going to put my information in there for people if they want to contact me. I know that I will probably get some people out there, the haters, you know, who are going to say, "Oh, you're saying this and that, and and uh, you're a piece of crap," and just contact me and bug the crap out of me. I'm sure I'll probably change my phone number ten times, but uh, but but that's okay because people they need to be able to reach out. But yeah, there's going to be a, a message in there, and that message is is going to tell people of why we are here and what our actual purpose is, to, and then what to do after that as well, because this world is just not going in a good place, and spirit themselves want us to turn us around before it is too late. So, and the, there is a point where it is going to be too late, and uh, we are actually. The beginning of that too lateness has already started. It started in two, 2020. Um, but um, let me think, one of the stories I have, um, one of my favorite stories, I, I was doing the reading, readings at this festival and people were walking by and I saw this one couple and they kept walking past my table. And I, I kept saying, so are you gonna come and have a reading? And they're like, well, as all people say, yeah, we're not sure about this whole stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. I said, okay. And I said to them, I'll see you in about an hour. So an hour later, here they come. I come back up to the table. I said, they sit down, this couple, husband, wife. I said, who wants to get read? And she says, I will. I said, okay. I said, the way that this works is I'm talking to my spirit guides. They are archangels. Because I cross spirit over, I get answers from spirit uh, through talking to my my angels uh, because of information they need and because I can get answers that way. You can ask absolutely ask me any question that you want to, and then I will answer it for you. I said, but then I, I do the usual. I said, let me see who is here, here with you first. So I held her hand, put out my right hand, held one hand. I only told one hand. Because when I channel with people, every time I channel with people, as soon as I put my hands in their hand, it looks like they get a jolt of electricity. Mediums and empaths can hold that. Regular people cannot. I tried it with my sister once, and she went into convulsions and passed out on the floor. So I don't do that with regular people anymore. So I, I hold one hand. So I hold her hand, and I close my eyes. And I said to the both of them, what's with the horses? And they said, what do you mean horses? And I said, well, I see this one horse here. And the horse is brown and white like a cow, like that patchy brown and white. But this horse is a little odd. She said, why? I said, well, because it has, doesn't have a regular mane on his head. I see what looks like, like somebody put a blonde wig on their head. And then they said, a blonde wig? I said, yeah, it looks really weird. I said, but the horse keeps coming out of a stall and it walks past you, comes out of the stall, comes about, comes around and puts his head on your shoulder, on your right shoulder. And then the horse is telling me, he loves you because you're his mommy. As I said that, her husband picks up his phone and starts thumbing through his phone. He's going through pictures. I said, he keeps coming around, comes about, comes up, puts his head on your shoulder, tells me that you are his mommy and he loves you. So the husband stops his phone, points it at me and says, is this the horse? And I said, yeah, that's the horse. And I said, what's with the wig? And wow. he said, we had an artist doing portrait of our horse. And when we got the picture back, it had that wiggle. <laughs> and I was like, that's horrible looking. She, and they said, yeah, we don't like it either. We actually take that picture and we put it in our closet because we don't like it. 
and were pretty mad about it too. I said, yeah, I would be too. He said, no, not for that fact. It cost us $4,000 to have that picture done. But we don't like it, so we keep it in the closet. And I said, okay. <clears throat> so I said, what's the deal with that? And they said, well, and then they looked at me. And this is when they started tearing up at me. And I said, it's all right. Just tell me what's wrong. And they said, our horse died two weeks ago. And I said, okay. And I said, but what's with the horse coming about telling me that you're its mommy? She said, every morning, still getting chills, every morning, uh, she said I would go outside and I would go to the stalls and I would open the stall and the horse would come out, come right about and come up and he would put his head on my shoulder. And I, I looked at them and I said, my famous saying that I said to everybody, I can't make this shit up. <laughs> I, I never, I, I don't think I was ever hugged by two people so hard in my entire life. They, they literally stood up from their chairs and just grabbed a hold of me and, and were just sobbing the whole time. They said, yeah, our horse passed away two weeks ago. I said, your horse is still here. You don't have to cry. It's okay. Everything's going to be okay. I said, as a matter of fact, when each of you, it is time for you to pass away, the horse will show up. You will see the horse just like you saw them before. And when you do see him, that's when you're going to know it's time for you to go. And the horse will cross you over. Wow. Awesome, awesome reading. But that, that's one of my favorite ones, but I get readings like that all the time. It's not, it's, it's not just, I'd say maybe out of every five readings, I get at least two to three of them like that all the time. Wow. Yes, when I know, know that I'm doing that, yeah then I know I'm, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's pretty validation. amazing, though. That yeah, is I mean, how many horse portraits with a blonde wig? Come on. Come on. Horse with a, I mean, it, it, was, it was sideways on its head, and, the, and, the, and the, they had holes in it so it could have the ears cut through it, you know? And it had, <sighs> it had wavy blonde hair, curly wavy blonde hair. And I was like, what the hell is that? You know, I mean, I almost busted out laughing before I told them, but, uh, but doing the reading, you really, you have to keep your composure because yeah. you don't know how people are going to act. But, uh, but uh, whenever I do readings for people, I always bring a box of tissues because I mean, I went through a half a box of tissues yesterday with you know all those readings I did. So, wow. but yeah, when I, when I do something like that, when I see something like that, and then, because sometimes they, they do give me names, sometimes they don't. Like uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was actually at a car show. <clears throat> and then I, when I go to this car show, it's at nighttime, and this little gazebo where they serve uh, alcohol and stuff, but I sit out there and drink a Pepsi because I don't drink alcohol. And uh, so the bartender knows me, and we talked a lot about this stuff, and she likes me to stay until nighttime because I see more in the dark. I mean, I see spirit all the time. I see little lights and squiggly things and blue lights and all kinds of stuff. Things that look like heat signatures all the time. But at nighttime, that's when I start seeing everything else. And she's, so I'm sitting there and she says, do you see anything? I said, well, let me look around. I said, oh, yeah. There's a guy here has this beard that goes across his chin and his mouth. And uh, he's got these bushy eyebrows and he's got his glasses up on his head. He, and he's waving his hand at me to show me he has these glasses on his head. And I was like, that's some type of significance. And she said, do you get a name? And I said, you know, I don't really get names a lot. And all of a sudden, as soon as I said that, boom, came out of my head and said, James, that's his name, James. And she said, is he here for anybody? I said, actually, these last two people at the end of the bar, he's here for them. He's here for the guy. Something to do with the guy. She said, do you think I should tell him? And I said, yeah, I mean, if you don't want to, I will, but go ahead. Because I always know I ask my spirit guides if people are approachable because not everybody is because of their religious beliefs or backgrounds. So you don't know how they're going to take it. So I always ask first if they, if they can take it, then yeah. So I said, yeah, go down there and tell them. She's down there talking to him. And a minute later, I hear his wife go, oh, you mean Jim? And I yelled down. I said, yeah, Jim. But he says his name is James. They said, 
Yeah, so I go down there, introduce myself. I said, hi, my name is Daniel Jackson, otherwise known as Spirit Medium Daniel. I see dead people. And they were like, oh, man, that's cool. And stuff like that. And they said, what about Jim? I said, I described him. Same thing as I'm describing him. Her husband's going through the phone. And he comes up and he said, but he did it this way. He said, is he in this picture? And I said, yeah, it's this guy on the left. And he said, yeah, that's my friend, Jim. He died two years ago. And I was like, that's okay. And she said, why is he here? I said, he's here to be a spirit guide for your husband. I said, he's more for him than he is for you, but he's here, but he's for your husband. And he said, why would he do that? And I said, because he tells me that you're his son. And he said, that's weird, man. I said, why is it weird? He said, because we were in racing together all the time. And because we're in racing, you know, every time we were around all these other people, because I'm a younger guy and he was an older guy, he would tell everybody that I was his son. And I said, that's pretty cool, right? And he's like, yeah, so why is he here? I said, because he came back to be a spirit guide for me. And he said, what's that mean? I said, I'm going to tell you what it means because you need to understand why, what that honor is. And he said, honor? I said, yes. I said, he went to heaven and because he fulfilled his purpose, he has to come back and be a spirit guide for you. I said, heaven's 100,000 times better than you can ever imagine. And your friend Jim skipped it so he could come back here and be a spirit guide for you. When I said that, his wife just started bawling her eyes. Out. And he, I, he says, I feel him around me all the time. I said, you feel him around because he's trying to help you. And I told him how the process of you know, asking questions and then you can get answers if they, they can show you a sign. And then you know the sign and he knows the sign. And what they're doing is they're connecting with you, showing you the sign and connecting with your soul, which runs your body because it's not your brain, it's your parts. And then that just moves the little parts. It's your, it's your soul that runs your body. It's the power behind it. And, uh, and I said, and then he'll bring you messages and then you can figure things out. Like, am I going to win the race today? And he will, if he shows you the sign two or three times, then that means, yeah, you're going to win the race. So don't worry about it and you'll win the race. And he's like, oh, okay. So after I went through everything, he was like, I mean, again, they were just bawling their eyes out and just, but, and then I turned around to my bartender friend and I, and they're just, her and the other bartender are just looking at me like this, huh? <laughs> like, I can't believe this is going on. And I turned around, I said, and I can't make this shit up. No, no. Drank my Pepsi, said, gotta go. See you later. And that was it. <laughs> and that just happened uh, three weeks ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And when I do those types of things, I just, I know for me, that's, again, that's validation for me. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing because I get to help people every day of my life. I get to bring them some peace of mind and some clarity and understanding of what this stuff is really all about. And then hopefully from that, from me doing that, they will go out and tell other people and so on and so on and so on. You know, back in the 70s, like that, that shampoo commercial, tell your friends and so on. And so, yeah, that's what I want them to do. Yeah. Yeah. That, and those those types of stories, they're all going to be in the book. I, I have like four, I think four more other than that. But uh, I mean, like I said, I didn't know I was going to write this book uh, and three years ago. And but some of the stuff that's actually happening to me now is actually being put into the book now. So I know I'm again. That's validation for me that I know that I'm, I'm doing it when I'm supposed to be doing it because I wasn't awesome. ready before. Well, awesome. Well, Daniel, I just have one more question for you. And where can we find out more about you, your website? And when, when do you think that book will be out? <laughs> Man, I am hoping, uh, I'm hoping it'll be out in 2022. I'm, I'm hoping I'm, I, I should be done writing the book by the end of this month i'm pretty sure because i already know i'm at the point where i'm going to start writing the actual message that they want me to convey to people um so i know it'll be about at least you know a couple of months with doing all that editing crap you know and publishing crap we are going to self-publish uh probably be out on amazon it's not going to be a very expensive book you know 
it'll be under $10 range, that type of thing. It's not going to be a hard back. I know it's going to be a soft back because again, we don't want to, we don't want to make it too expensive for us to put it out and too expensive for people to buy because these messages that I bring to people, it's about bringing the message. It's not about me having, you know, selling a gazillion books so I can have six cars and seven houses and 10 boats. It's about getting the information out because people need it. So we're, we're going to do it that with that way as easy as possible for me and for them. Uh, if people want to get a hold of me uh, for a reading, or I'm also starting a new mentoring ship, mentoring program on there, if they have an ability, they can actually call me on my website. My website is www.spiritmediumdaniel.com. It's one long word, Spirit Medium Daniel. And if they think they have an ability, they can set up a phone call and I will talk to them about it and actually let them know if they do or not. Or if they want to book a reading, they can book a reading as well. Um, if they want to watch my podcast, it's called Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson. And that's at www.beyond-the-veil.com. That's on Facebook, and uh, they can find me there. And on, on all the others like Spotify, and all they have to do is go to my website, website, and they have icons there. So you can click on it and either view them or see that uh, or listen to it anywhere you want to. And I'm on a new show called uh, Dead End Stories because dead is not the end. And it's the stories with me and my co-host, Mike. Uh, he does everything else. He does all the artwork. He does all the, the music. He does all that stuff, the editing, everything. I just be me. People come on. They tell me stories about the experiences they've had with the spirit or they want to ask questions and, I, and they, they can call in. And they can, or they come in in the section and I answer what I say is all the unanswerable questions. And that's on every Monday night, Dead End Stories on Facebook. Every Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. I'll be doing it tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Wow. Well, I get around. (laughs) Well, I hope listeners check that out. Um, Daniel, it's been great interviewing you. So thank you for sharing your fantastic insights today. And certainly if you have any questions about your book, reach out to me. Maybe I'll try my um, free course, but it sounds like you're you're well on your way. So I hope so, man. But I'm sure I'll still check out the free course because I gotta get this stuff figured out. Oh my goodness. Yes, yes. Well, thank you for tuning into Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, work through the process, and meet others who've done it so you can be guided in your journey to writing your story. So remember to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. And again, while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media network. So uh, we are looking forward to seeing you next time on the Leap Into Your Story podcast. Thank you for tuning into the Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, break down the process, and meet others who've done it so you can leap into your own story. Remember to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're there, subscribe and like to us via your favorite social media network. We're looking forward to seeing you next time on the Leap Into Your Story podcast.